Hello and welcome to Were You Even Listening, the music podcast on the Edinburgh Now Podcast Network. I'm Britton. And I'm Natalie. And we're bringing you music news, reviews, and fun games sometimes. Yeah, lots of good fun content. You know us, you love us, here we are. Today we're talking about 2009 albums, the first half of 2009. January to June is what we're specifically going to be honing in on for this episode, but we'll do a part two later with the with the second half Absolutely. of the year. Absolutely. We're also going to bring back our very favorite segment, Love Songs or Missed Connections. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And have some wonderful guests on, so... Lots of guests today. Yeah, like so, this is a big, this is a jam-packed yeah, episode. Full of action. Definitely lots of chances for me to say something stupid, so I'm excited. <laughs> we'll get into the episode proper right after our intro and this word from our sponsors. Thanks for listening. That was, like, really tame. I feel like that was, like, if we're even listening, was an NPR podcast, like... It's, it's, we didn't have enough spunk, I agree. <laughs> we, need, we need to get more on it. We don't want to, we don't want to be like NPR. <laughs> <laughs> no shade, no tea, but, like... It felt scripted. <laughs> it wasn't, though. It wasn't. We're just like, uh... <laughs> um, anyway. All right, so, yes, um... We're going to just start by going kind of a general overview of some things that came out in the year of 2009, a decade ago. Um, so weird. I know. We were 13. 13. That's gross. I mean, like, <laughs> it's just weird to, like, think, because then you're like, I was 13 when all of these albums came out. Like, I have also a hard time, like, figuring out what grade I was in at any given moment. But 13 is what, 7th grade? I thought 13 would be 8th grade. Because I thought 14 was 8th grade, because that would be 2010, and then that's when... Well, that's, here's the issue is, is like, half it's the half, year yeah. is, like, one yeah. year. I think of 8th grade when I think of 2009. Yeah, okay, so by 8th grade... Or ninth grade. By 8th grade, I would have been 13. Yeah. So I was 13 for more of 8th grade. No, yeah. I wasn't 13 and 7. This grade. isn't a math podcast. This we need to backtrack right now. My birthday's I'm not at, good the at, end math. Of, at the end of the school year. So, yeah, I was 12 in 7th grade and then 13 in 8th grade. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. Figured it out. Thanks, we figured guys. that out. <laughs> How old were you in 2009? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> I hate us. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I guess we could start. I mean, we can go maybe month by month if you want to organize it that way. Um, um, yeah, that's fine. So January, some things that came out. Animal Collective. Um, why are there mountains? Well, okay, so this one was weird because usually the artist goes first, but for some reason Animal Collective decided not to do that. Um, so Animal Collective's Meriwether Post Pavilion came out. Yeah, I know that one. The yeah. second one that I said, I had no idea. The symbols eat guitars. Okay. Why are there mountains? <laughs> and then Matt and Kim's Grand. All right. Um, there was obviously a lot of other stuff that came out, but, like, you know, we're just doing... Yeah. We're just highlighting I spent whole hours going through that, that list of, of releases. And yeah, the things. Wikipedia, like, just everything yeah. that came out the whole year ever. And, yeah. like, from those three, like, obviously, Symbols of Guitars is a very interesting, very good record. And Animal Collective certainly has its fans and reasons why Meriwether is a good album. But Matt and Kim's Grand is the one that, like, really, like... I guess, infiltrated my middle school mm -hmm. very much. Like, Daylight was quite literally everywhere. Oh, Daylight. Like, every time someone saw the piano, they were doing the... Dun, 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 dun. Like, I was like, shut the fuck up. But I was into it at the time, so I guess retroactively, I'm like, why were we like this? But... I definitely miss the Matt and Kim train. Like, I had Daylight, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think everybody in the English-speaking world knows that song. <laughs> but, like, yeah, no, I definitely miss that train, and I kind of discovered them a little later. Right. But. And it's it's weird to me because, um, like, Daylight, Good Old Fashioned Nightmare, Lesson Learned, like, they were all really fun songs, fun bops. And Matt and Kim since have had, like, their fair share of hits and misses since then, but, like, I'm always going to remember how much I liked this album specifically. And that's kind of how I feel about um, Passion Pit, which we're going to get into later in this episode. But Very alt. 
a lot of alt. A lot. Like, this was a, this a year, year. This is a for year like, for that genre. Alt, indie, electronic, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. That was that was its prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we got for February, the phrase, the fray. <laughs> um, Jonas Brothers 3D concert experience. What Hell an yeah. experience it was. Hell yeah. Um, we had Asobi Sexu's Hush, which is a pretty solid record, and The Pains of Being Pure of Heart had their self-titled. None of these um, were anything that I was super into. The fray was just so, I was like, please turn it off. This is the one that had you found me on it. <sighs> I liked How to Save a Life a lot. I do know that. I... I like that album. That song for me, How to Save a Life, it's more of the, like, just, I like it to, like make fun of the time well it was like, 2006 yeah like, i mean yeah there was a lot to make fun of <laughs> like it's more it's more of the factor of like just it's it was such an iconic thing at the time yeah. and i just looked back Same and cable laugh. car like oh my god cable car <laughs> playing on like every hospital drama like it was on er it was on gray's anatomy i'm sure there were others that i can't think of right now and cis like ugh. <laughs> And then, as far as the Jonas Brothers go, I mean, I just want to know: were you a were you like a no. a big Jonas Brothers fan? I was not a fan of literally any Disney related music. I was, I always felt kind of out of the loop because everybody I knew loved the Jonas Brothers, oh, and same. I like was just that weirdo that like wasn't into what everybody else liked. I was also like a boy in seventh grade, so I wasn't going to right. dive into the Jonas Brothers and right. be like, yes, I love Nick. I did see a Jonas Brothers concert once, but, like, I didn't know any of the music, so it was, like, kind of weird. I was just kind of standing there, but I was still fangirling because I was like, yeah, right. Joe's pretty smoking hot, but, like... Which, like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, while I, I may have at the time been afraid to enjoy, like, the Disney groups and stuff, like... Don't let that stop you from liking something. In yeah, grade. no. I think I, I liked them more later in life. Oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. I was a kid. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know much of their music, so that that's what that is. But <laughs> The year 3000. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember there was one there was one song where the girl was like, I'm dating a Jonas Brother. It's so hot. Oh, and then the oh, song oh, oh. starts. I don't remember which that one was it is, a, but I know which one you're talking that about. That was a jam. Yeah. My, my neighbor um, was very much into, like, the Jonas Brothers, the Hilary Duff, the Adam Lambert. Oh, Hilary Duff. I was very into Hilary Duff. Mm. And Avril Lavigne. Oh, oh yeah. Avril I was Gosh. Into. Very into that. Um, for March, we got Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. It's Blitz. Oh, what a really great record um so a couple of my favorite songs are on that record um yeah um and then cursive mama i'm swollen a good one um we'll just skip right ahead april april bat for lashes two sons which we're actually going to talk about in depth a little bit later metric fantasies help i'm alive is Mm. such a timeless wonder it's weird to me that that came out in 2009 like it seems more recent than that i feel like but Metrics also only had like two albums since then, so. Uh, Silver Sun pickups, Swoon, mm-hmm. also another good record. Um, Manchester Orchestra, mean everything to nothing. Yeah. Anything by Manchester Orchestra, I'm gonna like because that was my emo phase. But. I didn't get into them until recently, recently, honestly. But um, this is that's a good record, and I like it a lot. And I don't think we're gonna go super in depth with it today. But that doesn't mean we're not going to go back to it in the future. Yeah, you never know what we're going to do. Like, mm-hmm. it's on a, just a mystery, May an enigma, and, if you will. <laughs> May and June, the warm months of two thousand nine, were jam packed with hit after hit, essentially, um, such as Green Day's twenty first century breakdown, twenty one guns, man, Eminem's relapse. The Black Eyed Peas, the, the Energy Never Dies, Incubus, Moments, Monuments and Melodies. Never Shout Never. The Summer EP. Uh, Temper Trap. Yeah. Oh my God, Temper Mike Trap. Snow. That album's so good. Passion Fits um, Manners. Probably the best uh, record of the May-June list, uh, Wolf Game and... Uh, uh, I can't say that five times fast. Wolf Game... <laughs> How the fuck do you say it? Phoenix is Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix. Okay, I never had to say that out loud before. That was my first time saying it out loud. Dance Gavin dances happiness. 
I hate dance, Gavin Dance. That's but fine. No, that's fine. Yeah. LaRue. You don't need to like everything. LaRue. <laughs> and much, much more. Yeah, I mean, f- honestly, the one that sound- stands out for me for that was um, Phoenix's record. Oh, yeah. I, that still slaps. I still listen to that. Like, frankly, Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix is, like, a one of, like, the top-tier perfect, almost, albums. Like, it's just so, so good. Like, from start to finish, there's nothing but good songs on it. Litsomania, amazing. 1901, perfect. Fences, oh, my God. Fences, <sighs> Love Like a Sunset, part one and two, fuck me up. Like, <laughs> Phoenix was here snatching wigs, and we just let it happen. It was... <laughs> It was a good representative of, like, the year, I feel like, yeah. too. It was very, like, this was the year for this genre to thrive. And it was different from their other stuff, too. It was certainly more electronic, mm-hmm. a little bit more, um, I'd say, experimental than their previous albums. So, like, it was just, I think it was the right time for yeah. this album to come out in exactly. 2009. Couldn't agree more. And then you, like, you're more of a dance scam and dance fan than that. Yeah, I mean, I you am. just said you hated them, so, like... Yeah. But um, yeah, no, feel free to talk about it. <laughs> well, Happiness is an album that I didn't, like, get into until after 2009, but only, like, a few years after. But, like, for this one, it's interesting to me because the band was basically about to break up. Um, their singer for Downtown Battle Mountain Part 2 and 1 and their first album, Johnny Craig, was, like, really unreliable and everybody hated him and he's shitty to deal with. And he's also constantly dealing with drug issues and he's apparently still dealing with those because literally last week he just got kicked out of his new band. So, sucks, Johnny. Sorry, hon. get help. Um, <laughs> regardless, Kurt Travis did the vocals. Um, John Mess, who does all the screaming stuff, left after the album's completion. So when they were touring it, they had Will Swan, who's the guitarist, doing his guitar stuff as well as the messy vocals. Um, the whole thing was kind of a mess, but from that mess came this, like, really weird experimental album for the band that doesn't rely on the, like, post-hardcore bullshit and is almost more just, like, pop. Um, and it's really unique in the grand scheme of their discography. Like, NASA is one of my favorite songs ever, and it's just, it's you're not going to find anything on that in their records or any of their contemporaries at the time. So... It's also completely impossible to find in physical form. So if anybody has the record and they want to sell it to me, let me know. Thanks. Leave it in the comments below. Leave it in the comments below. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the overview of the first half. Um, just some records. If you, like, Britain made a playlist on Spotify. Yeah, it's called 2000, I keep saying 2019. 2009 or bust. And it is 50 songs from 2009 that basically represent this list that we have for all of the things um, from the uh, the year. Yeah. So um, what we each picked a record that we really wanted to get into from 2009, the first half, um, to really just del- delve into and really just kind of like revisit it because it was just uh, an important art piece. Sure. That was good, right? Yeah. That was a good. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Yeah. All right. Cool. I always have to like look at you for like guidance, making sure like I didn't sound stupid, no, right, just Britain? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> just keep going. All right. So what are we? Are, what are we starting? With that in mind, let's get into Bat for Lashes. Is two sons. All right. I'm gonna stop. Right into it, or <laughs> we're getting into it now. Okay. Bat for Lashes, Two Sons. It's a record. <laughs> it's a record that came out in 2009. All right, so this uh, this one came out in April. This is one I really wanted to focus in on because, for me personally, it was a pretty important album in my life in 2009. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if that it was could be said for, like, other people because I don't think it was really all that popular, especially among people our age it wasn't popular. But Yeah, I would say that if... 13-year-olds who were used to the Jodas Brothers and other related pop groups, I don't think they would hear this album and be like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. This would be like, well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then, like, go away from it. Yeah, so I was just, you know, you know, I was definitely just, like, I had an acquired taste, I guess, as a child. I don't right. know. Something, something traumatic must have happened in my life that I didn't listen. I listened to Bat for Lashes instead of the Jonas Brothers. But, um... <laughs> 
You listen to the Jonas Brothers, I listen to Bat for Lashes. You listen to Nicki Minaj, I listen to Avril Lavigne. Like, that's a t-shirt that I can imagine young Natalie wearing. Oh, gosh, that was me. But yeah, no, this came out, like, um, well, it came out first in in April um, in the UK. But it's funny because there's a lot of conflicting release dates because it was released different months in different countries. Like, I think in the U.S. it wasn't released until months after it was actually released in the UK, according to my research. So, you know, I thought that was weird. But yeah, it's um, Natasha Khan's second studio album uh, produced by David Costin, um, who also worked on Fern Gold, which was her first one. So, just a little story. Once upon a time, I was bored watching TV, 13-year-old Natalie, um, and I was looking for something to watch, and I came across The CW. A land of dreams. <laughs> and it was a show called The Vampire Diaries. Not just a little show. It's a little, little old show. show. This little thing called The Vampire Diaries and it ended up being like a smash hit among young teens. But um, it was like episode seven of the first season, so they were like, almost halfway done with it but I happened to get like really into it during that episode and this really really great song played during a Halloween party at their school by the way like they had this lit Halloween party with yeah, like naturally with like strobe lights and like different like cool foods and like cool costumes and I'm like this would never happen in a real high school like this is a lie this is fake Have, did you see Halloween the 2018 one no with Jamie Lee Curtis no, I well I guess she was also in the first one but like they have a Halloween party, and it is just, it's a whole-ass rave, basically, in the the high school gymnasium. And there's, like, dips and, like, pudding troughs and, like, <laughs> a bunch of other completely inexplicable foods at the, the craft services table for this party. And at one point, the the main character's boyfriend gets mad at her, so he takes her phone and throws it in what I think was pudding. And she's just like, what? why did you do that? And then he's like, and then storms out and she just leaves her phone in the pudding. It's like, you could have salvaged that. Like, you need that. Don't be stupid. Like, Michael Myers is out in a boot. You need your phone. Oh my God. I just want you to narrate like important movie scenes. I don't even want to watch movies anymore. I just want your commentary. But, um, no, it was exactly like that. Like, they were running through the hallways. Like, like, I was just like, this is not really what happens in high school. But anyways, really great song played during that scene. Somebody actually ended up getting killed during that scene, which made it even better. Hell yeah. Um, but, yeah, and it was, it was obviously, what I'm getting at, um, is, it was a Bat for Lashes song, and that's how I discovered Natasha Khan. Um, and ever since then, I, like, fell in love with it. Like, I looked it up right away, and I looked up the album i mean i was a few months late on the album but it was really just like ever since then big fan and i don't i feel like i don't really talk about like bat for lashes that much not a whole lot but we have played bat for lashes we've played a couple songs but i haven't really gone into like how much i really genuinely like her music um but now's my opportunity to do that Mm -hmm. hell yeah so as far as like critical acclaim goes um it definitely received a lot of positive reviews. Um, you know, it got Pitchfork 8.5, Spin 8, um, Guardian 4 out of 5, Rolling Stone 3.5 stars, but honestly, fuck that publication. They don't matter. Um, Metacritic <laughs> 76 out of 100. So, I mean, I think it did relatively well as far as critically. Um, Fun but- fact, that's the same Metacritic score for Passion Pits Manners. Yeah. They both did really well. Congrats. Um, but no, I really, I really, Brim would like you to read, like, that quote about oh, the, the, the review. the concept? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, I need your commentary. Okay, so according to Thomas C.H.W. on Genius, Two Sons is something that explores the idea of duality. Two lovers, two planets, two sides of a personality, two landscapes, the city, and the desert. And metaphysical ideas concerning the connections between all existence. During her stay in New York, Khan would dress up as Pearl, her destructive New Yorker alter ego, who acted as a direct foil to Khan's more mystical, desert-born spiritual self. Pearl is featured on three songs, Siren Song, Pearl's Dream, and the closing track, The Big Sleep. 
Khan further said about her alter ego, quote, I really just did it as an experiment of dressing up myself with quite garish, extreme feminine makeup. I wanted to photograph myself in that situation and just see what it made me feel. Thank you for that. <laughs> I just... Sounds pretentious, but okay. Sounds pretentious as hell. It reminds me of that Pitchfork review. Which one? <laughs> the one with, like... Kid A. Like, yes, the Kid yeah. A with the construction paper. The Comparing con- an yeah. aquarium to blue construction paper. Yeah. yeah. Like, so extra. But, like, then again, it is genius. So, like, I feel like people are definitely extra on genius all the time. Like, o- always over-psychoanalyzing everything. But, um, no, that's fun. <laughs> Let's go back to our 21 Pilots episode. <laughs> yeah, right? That was a good time. Um, and, yeah, Slant Magazine also put the album number seven on the list of best albums of the 2000s decade, which I think is a pretty good feat considering how many albums came out in that whole decade. Yeah. Um, a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but pretty much for that, I mean... I'll just kind of talk, we'll talk about just the notable tracks for that. Um, there's 11 officially, but then iTunes Store had, like, a bonus track, Wilderness. And there was, like, a couple remix and a couple, like, lo-fi editions of some of the songs. Um, it's kind of hard to find copies of that. I can't seem to, like, I feel like they only exist in physical copies. Um, mm. But I, it's hard to find it. Like, you're not going to get that on Spotify. So just oh, be aware of that. But, um... And the the notable remix was the Sleep Alone, um, 909s and Dark Times remix. That yeah. was the one that was in the Vampire Diaries. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We've well, played that on Subverse. We have, um, during episode. our Halloween episode, because it is a little spooky like that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it starts off with Glass, which I think is a great opener and, like, a good sign of things to come. If you like this style of music, which is kind of like this... I don't know how to describe it, like, dark indie vibe. Not necessarily even dark, but, like, just more a little bit experimental. Definitely a lot of, like, piano, slightly lo-fi, some of the songs. Um, Goth Florence and the Machine. Goth Florence and the Machine. That's so good. I like that. So if you like that, um, <laughs> you'll be hooked right from here. Like, you, it's not one of those albums where you have to listen a few times to decide how you feel. Like, you'll know how you feel when you hear this song. I think um, that's important when the artist kind of puts it all out there on on just every track. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, like, not everything is going to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, like, this at least values the time of the listener. It's like, if you're not into this first track, then... There's nothing yeah. here for you. Sorry, <laughs> move along. Yeah. Maybe next time. Uh, but yeah, and then obviously the uh, the album title is referenced in the song here, um, which I always like when artists do that. Mm. It's fun. I mean, 21 Pilots did that too, but like, whatever. <laughs> um, then it goes into Sleep Alone, which is, you know, the song um, I talked about. It's the first song I've heard. Yeah, that's um, the one I put on the playlist for 2009. Yeah. Um, for that one... Um, Natasha Khan in an interview with um, BBC's Newsbeat said that you know she kind of took an 80s theme on it because she really likes 80s music and you know on the first record she was kind of shy and you know didn't really delve into kind of what she had and she kind of had this song um, and by her you know the second album I feel like she was ready to like really display that side of her music right. um and she she said quote i grew up listening to the cure and loved early madonna and prince and all of that stuff so i think what prompted me was just probably having more confidence to kind of reach out and reveal even more of myself and what i love and not to be shy about it mm. so that's cute <laughs> then uh moon and moon is another great one like honestly the first half of the album, I think, is definitely stronger than the second half. Not to, like, distract from the whole piece, but, like, I think my all my favorites are in the first half. Mm. Um, but Moon and Moon, it's like, you don't think the record could get better because you really like the first few songs, and then it does. It's like, um, it's a little sad and dark, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't overdo it, and it's not, like, you too sad and dark i guess you could okay. say like you you don't have to be in your bag to listen to this like you can casually listen and you know i always appreciate what does be in your bag mean you don't know what in your bag means i'm not even going to make fun of you for that because i didn't know what it meant until dakota told me it's a phrase is it like a here phrase cuz that makes sense it's like uh it means like you're in your feelings so like you're but feeling you're in emotional your bag. yeah okay yeah 
I adapted that phrase now because she kept saying it, but, like, no, I had no idea what it meant, like, th- four months ago until Dakota told me. So it's, like, a here phrase. Like a, like a greater Erie area. I guess so. I thought it was a Pennsylvania thing, but if you don't know it, then I don't know. I mean, it's, it's in my bag was an, an Anderson Pack lyric, so I have to imagine it's sort of widely known, but I had never heard of it. Mm. Investigate. Anyways, you don't have to be in your feelings to listen to this song. Um, and I appreciate, like, the strong piano presence, too. Um, next one goes into Daniel, which is arguably the most popular song off the record, if not the best song. It was the single from the album. And was it popular because it was the single? or Probably. I mean, it's still it's still in the top ten in Spotify. Like, it's still oh, okay. it's definitely the most played song from the record. Um, it's not my favorite, but, you know, it was the one that got the clout, I guess. Right. Um, and then for peace of mind, this is like if Sons of Anarchy played good music on their show, this would be on their soundtrack. <laughs> that's just, I'll leave it at that. Like, that's that song. Um, and then I have a lot to say about Siren's song. I mean, I feel like I've definitely played that in your presence before. Probably. Um, I've definitely, I feel like I've heard it, even if I can't remember hearing it. It's like etched itself on my <laughs> psyche. <laughs> I probably it's like what I did with um when I kept making you listen to Bickenhead by Cardi B. Fuck that song. <laughs> Anyways, this is Siren Song is hands down my favorite song off the record, arguably one of my favorite songs ever recorded. Um, there's just like so many layers to it, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like it really had an effect on me the first time I heard it. I don't know, and I was only thirteen, man. Like <laughs> life wasn't that deep then. But, you know, I feel like 10 years... But it was. It feels like it is. (laughs) It feels like every small thing is the end of the world because you don't have the perspective yet. True. To say otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really even know what the song was about, obviously, then either. But but it made you feel something. It made me feel something. Um, And this song is, like, in my top 100 Spotify every year. Oh, see, I have a few songs like that. Yeah, and I'm just like, it literally came out so long ago and it's still like that. But, um... It's about her alter ego, Pearl, which is a real thing. I know that pretentious genius thing talked about that, but that really is genuinely, she has, this whole album is about Pearl. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and, you know, this is one of the ones that directly references Pearl, like, in the lyrics. Um, But, and I think we obviously know, like, what a siren is in Greek mythology. Like, if you pass ninth grade English, you should know your Greeks. I would say before that, if you, like, Watch Sinbad, the movie. You remember the Sinbad animated movie? I've never seen that. No. Oh, okay. I mean, you can explain. No. Okay, it's no. not worth it. It's not that important. No. Not that deep. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm not going to explain what a siren is because you should know. But, I mean, how I interpreted it, which I'm pretty sure I'm right, is that she, like, suspects her, like, significant other, or, you know, her lover, whoever is cheating on her. And it's turning her a little bit crazy, but, or what other people would say is crazy because I think it's a valid reaction to someone betraying your trust because that shit hurts. But, um, it's kind of like the sirens are luring him in and it's making her right. like kind of crazy. And that's kind of just how I interpreted it, but that's a really good song. Hmm. And then Pearl's Dream is another song that re- references, um, Natasha's alter ego, um, in an interview with NME. NME, she explained that Pearl's dream is, quote, kind of a journey through the gain, like the desert, the city, and the forest. It's the song of a girl who's left battle, a battle that is almost like the destruction of a love affair, but she decides to keep driving, leave that person behind, and follow new horizons. That's deep. That's a so lot. So there's like a whole, like, it's like it's kind character of a, arc. It's, it's a whole concept album, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really good, and for good love i read somewhere i don't remember where that most of this song that song was taken from the original demo which mm. i think is kind of impressive but um, yeah that's cool but yeah it goes on i mean i'm not gonna like go through everything i would just say you know standout tracks are obviously glass sleep alone moon and moon and siren song which are all in the first half um and just like my thoughts on it is it's just 
a really cohesive piece, and there's mm-hmm. nothing... I don't think there's really anything else like it out there. Or at least maybe there wasn't at the time, but maybe there is now. It certainly has a unique sound. Yeah. And it's. I think that's what makes it special and kind of, like, timeless. Like, I don't know. I still feel the same way about it now as I do then, but nah, that could just be me. Like, I don't know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I feel like we hear music like this a lot more now, like this kind of indie subgenre I feel like is more popular now than maybe it was 10 years ago I mean like yeah, we're I young f- so it's kind of hard for me to gauge that but I feel like this specific genre of like indie if that's even the word for it definitely got its start around this time yeah and this was like the arrow emo like yeah because it's certainly that not that yeah <laughs> but it's it's definitely some it's it's I think a a deeper look at the emotional content of a lot of emo songs yeah it's like a more i don't want to say artistic but like definitely a um a heightened sense of drama i think in uh, it's these songs. more theatrical yeah, yeah yeah i definitely agree um so that's why i mean i feel like it's an important record of 2009 whether or not it was you know overlooked or i mean Whatever. I think it definitely had the potential to influence newer artists. Now, oh, for sure. So, those are thoughts. My thoughts on that. I decided to take a look at Passion Pits Manners. <laughs> um, one, because I really like the album. Two, because there is a 10th anniversary tour happening this summer. And three, because it came out on my birthday in 2009. Um, which, that's just a. a triple threat really that's the most important aspect of it honestly we are forever will be linked in some way (laughs) me and passion pits manners but (laughs) this is the band's first full-length album and i kind of hesitate to call it a band because up until that point it had only been um michael angel hold on i need to see it written so i can pronounce it properly angel coast Angelkos. Michael Angelkos's first project by himself. And then for this album, he added like a full band to it, basically. So the first EP was just him. And it was eight songs called Chunk of Change, um, or six songs. And it included Sleepyhead, which was like the standout track from this album. It was kind of like their version not their version, but, like, their equivalent of what Matt and Kim's Daylight had been until Take a Walk came out on Gossamer a few years later. Um, yeah, which is a song. But um, it's produced by Chris Zane, um, who has also produced a lot of other artists that I talk about and like. So Passion Pit, Friendly Fires, he did their album Pala. Um, Asobi Sexu, he had Citrus and Fluorescence. Tokyo Police Club with Elephant Shell and the single Your English is Good. And a Bat for Lashes single from 2016. Hey, look, we're all coming full circle here. So Chris Zane has gotten (laughs) around. And I think that was fun. That is really fun. To link the two. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, But like I said, there's a 10th anniversary tour happening, um, which I am looking to go to. The tickets go on sale Friday, and I'm probably going to do that. Um, It reached 51 on the U.S. Billboard 200 the week it came out. And it has a overall Metacritic score of 76 out of 100. Um, Slant gave the record four out of five stars. And Matthew Cole said that, quote, ironically enough for an album called Manners, its biggest problem is that the band sometimes comes on too strong, a risk for anyone trying to execute lush, hyperactive pop with good taste. Um He also went on to say that it was a gorgeous pop album in time for the warm weather, and while Manners would make a perfect soundtrack to any summer, you'll want to keep the best cuts around for far longer, which is 100% true because I have been listening to this album since it came out. Um, It's never really been, like with Bat for Lashes for You, it's never been like something that's always been like on my Spotify Top 100, but I do go back to this album relatively often um i have the like extended cd version that i listen to a lot like that whole summer and the summer after it i was listening to this and like mgmt's congratulations basically just like the back to back um pitchfork gave it an 8.1 saying that it has like a approachable like 
energy to it. It's it's relatively approachable for dance music. It's approachable for electronic music because it melts that with kind of the burgeoning indie sensibilities of the music scene in 2009, which I think is interesting. And then Spin gave it a 60, saying that it suffers from an embarrassment of resources. Damn. Which is a lot. Um, and then Jessica Suarez said that Little Secrets has a giddy hook that could be custom ringtone for Hannah Montana crowd pleaser. Unsexy? Yup. This dork <laughs> disco is for cracking grins, not winning over women. Damn, Jessica. I'm like, damn, Jessica. That's a Tell lot. Tell how you really feel. Yeah, and I mean, like, obviously, I feel like this is a relatively polarizing album. Um, for the time, it's certainly brash. It's very, most of it is very, like, unapologetic. It's It sounds like what it sounds like. It's really loud. It's really kind of over the top. Um, it uses a lot of different synth waves and tones and, like, doesn't hold back. And a lot of the production is very much like that like there's a lot happening at every second in most of the songs and it's more dancey and more electronic than a lot of indie songs like while mgmt kind of flirted with electronic that wasn't their primary sound until later on eventually but like this was very much something unique the year it came out um which i thought is fun but yeah because i mean i feel like that became like that kind of electronic alternative electronic vibe definitely became a huge thing oh like, yeah because like matt and kim happened passion pit happened friendly fires album paula came out two years later um you had like all of these artists kind of influencing alternative music the way that like daft punk and giorgio moroder back in the day influenced electronic music in general um so like now like this year we're like 2009 we saw a lot of people kind of go back to the original roots for electronic music and mix it with things that were currently popular um like you had starfucker their first album came out i think two years before this but they had their uh jupiter ep that came out in 2009 so like that is just 100 percent electronic like that is like essentially a dance record but it was in the indie alt category, mm-hmm. just because of that's how it that's how it was at the time, which I thought was interesting. But that is interesting. Anyway, um, some standout tracks. We have the reeling, which has a really good music video. Um, it stands out on the record because it's a song that lyrically is very serious. It's about personality disorder, but because of the energy present, it transforms that subject matter into a very like infectious. 80s drenched bop and it like skirts around the darkness of that topic and makes a really beautiful end product i feel like um swimming in the flood is really relaxed it's slower it's stripped down and it stands out because of that um because it's in between all of these songs that are very high energy very electronic um angelicos's vocals are softer they're less dramatic and the production shifts i feel like to kind of meet it there and it turns more into a beautiful ode to hopeless relationships than like a dance floor bop. Um, Sleepyhead is interesting because, like I said, it was on the Chunk of Change EP. But according to an interview um, or a Reddit Ask Me Anything, um, Angelico said that the song was finished in two hours. Um, so, quote, in the end, I finished it in less than two hours. And the sound of the beginning was an accident because some plug-in turned on accidentally that reversed the whole song and this one drum loop. Well, that's kind of cool. He said it's always the stuff that isn't perfect. Um, which is true because this song like took off and like it was playing sort of on the radio. The music video was playing all the time on MTV, MTVU when they still had like their music video blocks. Um, it was on the internet. It has 8.7 million views on YouTube and like, it's a really fucking weird song. So like, (laughs) I don't know how it got as popular as it did, but I think part of it is because people were searching for something different and something unique to listen to. Um, and it works. It's just it's a really good summer record, too. But like because it was so different compared to the contemporaries, I think that is one thing why it was popular. And then another is because it's really remixable. Like there's an RAC remix of it that is just as popular as the original song. So like there were a lot of, I think, gateways opened for these types of bands because this album happened when it did. Um, so I don't know. It's really bombastic. It's really over the top. Um, and despite it being the first full length, it's an album that, like, 
I think is really cohesive. It's every song sounds like it should be on the album with the other songs on it. Nothing feels particularly out of place. I feel like. Um, so and I don't that's, know. That's not always the case. I feel like with this kind of music too. So. Oh, absolutely. And like, while there definitely are like lulls, like there's softer songs on here, like "Swimming in the Flood" and um, "Moth Swings." Like they're all sort of more laid back and reserved compared to. Oh yo, "Moth Swings." I I used to listen to that song a lot. I forgot about that. Song. Yeah, that's a that's a really good song. Um, but I don't know. It's just really uplifting. It's really positive. It's really fun and. I feel relatively conflicted about it because I really like this album um, a lot. Gossamer, I liked fine enough, but it wasn't, it didn't like resonate with me as much as this album did. And then everything that has been released from Passion Pit since then, I've just gotten kind of less and less like interested in. Um, so I don't know what I that mean, says. That happens. I mean,. I feel like for me, although this isn't everybody's opinion, people really like uh, MGMT's new album. Oh, I do too. But for me, I liked the earlier work and then everything since I wasn't right. a huge fan of. Yeah, the first MGMT album is great. The second one is my favorite. Congratulations is my favorite MGMT yes. album. And I feel like a lot of people also feel that way. But like, it's just... It's pretty strong consensus, I think. It's so good. It's good. It's weird. And like, ugh. I love that record. <laughs> So, any final thoughts on these records, Natalie? Yeah. Um, well, just first of all, I think they're both pretty solid. They're both pretty good. And also, they're both not like what I think everybody would consider the top releases of 2009. No, probably I think people not. might, you know, you know, people might cop out and say Eminem and, you know, some other stuff. Um, so, like, I think it was important to take a look at these. And they're, these bands are both still doing stuff. I mean, you, we got Passion Pit, the 10-year anniversary tour mm-hmm. happening. And Bat for Lashes, Natasha's uh, coming out with a new studio album in 2019. There's no date yet, but, like, she's working on new music. Um, right. So, like, things are still happening. Like, they're still relevant and still exciting. Mm-hmm. So. Welcome back to our much-loved segment of Were You Even Listening? Love Songs or Misconnections. Today, we're joined here by two very special guests, Dakota and Livia. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me again yeah yeah i don't know uh, any like long time fans here this is the second time that both dakota and livia were on for love songs or misconnections so it's kind of like a little reunion (laughs) i hope you guys forgot that yeah Yeah. (laughs) i actually i just recently listened to that episode because i was just curious i was just curious what it sounded like we've come a long way We've come a long way since episode nine, Tic Tac Talk. But well, this is my favorite uh, podcast. Did you well, even hear what you happened? Don't mean so. that, but I That's really biased because I like, we're friends. But thank you. Um, You're so no, welcome. but you know, it's it is February, it's Valentine's Day, so I really wanted to bring back this segment. It's a fun one. I always have a lot of fun with it. Oh, for so sure. I hope you guys do too. So I'm just getting set up. Um, I'm getting that up on my laptop, Olivia. Please, under no circumstances, look at my laptop. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get started. Um, remember, the winner gets Tic Tacs. Dakota, if you win, I guess we're going to send them to you. Okay, so. sounds good. Yeah. Or <laughs> if anyone sees my dad, he's coming up in a few weeks. I'm sure you won't, but if you do. Yeah, I'll, I'll look for Tom on the street and be like, <laughs> there you go. please give these to Dakota. Yeah, that's probably um, where he is. All right, so we're going to get started. We're going we're gonna to okay. do five total and... Hopefully that will make it easier to come up with a winner. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's the first one. Please get ready. Mm-hmm. Greed. Let's talk about greed. You're a user and you hurt me intentionally. Not only did you cost me my relationship, you cheated. Used me to move you. Used my money to provide food for those that weren't mine. Not only a pig, you're a using, game playing, whore. Good luck. You can have him. Wow. That was a lot. That was very aggressive. Who's going first? Whoever wants L- to. Olivia, Olivia, you go first. I'm going to say that was a misconnection. All right. I, I agree. Hoda? Okay, yeah. yeah, you were over. Wow. <laughs> yes, this was, who was this? Oh, this was saying goodbye to fake people, Buffalo NY. <laughs> wow. 
I mean, that sounds pretty emo. Some people, yeah, like, yeah, like, some pretty emo is that is that the UK? <laughs> like, if it rhymed Yikes. a little bit more, I would have been swayed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Was you know, it's definitely his lyric. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of these sounds like um, we we have like a whole bunch on this list because we're gonna do this uh, up until Valentine's Day this segment. But um, one of them sounds like a Mac DeMarco song to me. Like, yeah, straight up. Yeah, that's true. All right. All right, next one. All right, let me let me pick one out here. All right. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. And my friends and family say you were a mistake, someone I should regret. I never will regret you. No mistake. Love song? Okay. Dakota? Misconnection. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Oh, no. Nope, you were right. It was a misconnection. It's a misconnection. Oh, right. I thought you were gonna say it was meatloaf. Oh, Damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I just—I want to read you the rest of this though, because I only read one line from it. But <laughs> there's a whole poem here. Yeah. So let's just Ooh. let's just read the rest. Mm-hmm. I saw a side of me I didn't know existed—a woman, a girl who fell in love, so much in love that she ran to the ends of the earth for a slight chance to be by your side, even for a moment in time. And you did me a favor. You showed me that my love was meant for someone else. Stay miserable, brother. <laughs> I, like I love milk and honey. <laughs> Stay miserable, brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> next one. When we spoke, no joke, I started shedding slutty girls like snake skin. Yeah. Sounds like some falling in reverse BS. <laughs> No, that's say anything. <laughs> I knew you would get this one, Dakota. Yeah, this like is this, this, yeah, this is this is crushed anything. by say anything. Um, crushed mm-hmm. with like an apostrophe d. Apostrophe. I'm yeah, like a total crush yeah. on yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I should have guessed. Actually, this is one of the albums that came out in 2009, but it was the second half of the year. So that, was an- hey. that was anarchy, my dear, right? Never mind, it wasn't one of the albums that came out in 2009, because that was Say Anything no, self So, we were both wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> okay, next one. Alright, hold on. Let me find a good one. Oh no, I just hit the mic. I'm sure that sounded really great. Yep. Uh, and your smile in the back of my mind, making me feel like I just want to know you better. Levia? Probably a song. Sounds a little short for a misconnection. I could only be reading one line from the misconnection. Mm, Trickery. (laughs) Uh, Dakota? Wait a second. (laughs) Oh, this is embarrassing that I know this. This is a song. This is Taylor Swift. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, no, I've definitely heard these lyrics before. What the heck? Yeah, it's uh, it's from the Red album. I think it's I don't remember what the song is called to be honest, but I Wasn't just it the I do one remember with, um, Ed Sheeran the one... for the Hunger Games or something. Yes, it's it's definitely one that she has with somebody. Not the Heck one with yeah. Gary Lightbody. I don't think. I think it's the one with Ed Sheeran. Yeah, know you better probably. But mm-hmm. yeah, good job. Thanks. <laughs> you guys are doing great. Two thousand. You guys better get your postage there. ready because I'm gonna get those tickets. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we got. Got one more. I don't know what the score is. I haven't been keeping track. It, the points don't matter. Yeah, I want right. I mean, This is not whose line is it anyway. <laughs> Dakota <laughs> wants these tickets. Yeah, she's like all about this. I, I am. All right. I'll read the last one. Yeah. All right. Just in time for the night. Need some company for tonight. This one's fun because it rhymes night with night. <laughs> this is like an Eminem song. <laughs> Relapse, he re- 2009. He ran out of words. <laughs> okay, right. so Olivia, what's your guess? Um, misconnection. Okay, Dakota? Misconnection. You're both right. Need some company. Yeah. Yay. This is a local Ew. misconnection. This is a local. <laughs> That was me, actually. I knew it was me. I wrote it. That's how I 
I'm really, well, I never claim to be a poet. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny when I was looking for like different misconnections or whatever in the area. I found one from Lancaster, New York, which is where I'm from. And it said, talked about like girl with purple hair and like Tim Hortons. And it was the Tim Hortons I worked at. So I was like, I need to like investigate further. And it was, I found out it was about my friend who works at Tim Hortons. Not about me. <laughs> I did have purple hair. Well, that was misleading. But I wish it no, would have yeah, been about you. It was about her. And I'm like, that's amazing. I can't believe I know somebody that got a misconnection read about them. It doesn't happen so every day. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Famous. <laughs> that's wild. I want to keep like refreshing now, seeing if I appear anywhere on a misconnection. I'm sure that's healthy. <laughs> Natalie, I'll I'll make one for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I need to be valid. Well, thank you to Olivia and Dakota for joining us. We greatly thank appreciate you so it. Thank you. You um, both so won. Yeah, I think everybody gets TikToks here. Yeah, it's, yes. a, it's, it's like one of those where yeah. everybody's a winner. We're the LL you know? show. I want <laughs> yeah. the orange ones. Okay. You yeah, oh, those are happen. the only good ones. Olivia what? had mint ones earlier, yeah, and good. I almost gagged. I like the mint ones a lot. That Wait, Natalie, really... you don't like <laughs> the mint ones? I was I... like, I have TikToks. I'm fitting in with the gang. <laughs> I, see I like the Wait. mint ones. I was but, just telling someone yesterday, this is a little unrelated, but I was just telling someone yesterday about how I used to have that big thing of Tic Tacs in, in yeah. the back of um, the one lab with the computers. I would just like, it would be silent and all you would hear is like, <laughs> like me getting all the Tic Tacs out. <laughs> Ugh, good times at Edinburgh. Good Best times at Edinburgh, PA. Just, like shake Tic Tac box. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. We'll have another love song or misconnection next week. Thank you for yeah. tuning into this episode of Where You Even Listening. Stay tuned for more. Before you guys go, though, okay. is there anything you guys want to promote or pimp out? I know Dakota's doing real cool stuff at Syracuse. Livia, you got the music section of the Spectator. What's going on this week? Anything you need to like promote? Um, Livia, you're probably more relevant than me, so go ahead. <laughs> um, no, just reviewing albums every week i'm gonna write an article about how to get out of a music slump and find some new jams so if you're interested check out edinburghnow.com cool probably next week yes. that'll be a hoot I'm excited. Yes. all right now now we're done dakota right. you're irrelevant now we're done that's fine <laughs> goodbye <laughs> okay can we stop, oh, stop that yeah sorry great Okay. My chair kept squeaking. It's very self-conscious yeah, about it. Like, um, the same That's I'm fine. I'm cracking That's up fine. on the fact you went, my chair kept squeaking. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were still here. <laughs> oh, am I supposed to hang up? I'm sorry. No. Oh, no. Thank <laughs> you for joining us, Dakota. We appreciate you. Well, thank you for listening to Were You Even Listening? Um, you can find us on most social media platforms through Edinburgh Now um, and the Edinburgh Now Podcast Network. Um, regardless of what platform you're listening to us on, we are also available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, etc. Um, Everywhere. Yeah, you can you can't, find... You can't escape us. No, you can find all of those <laughs> on the Smart URL page for us as well. We want to thank our sponsors as well as Anchor um, for making it really easy to kind of transition yeah. to everything. It's been really awesome, this, like, new format and mm -hmm. be, being able to be on so many different platforms. So it's cool. For sure. So thanks for listening. Let us know what you think, what your top albums of the first half of 2019. Fuck. <laughs> your top albums for the first half of 2009 were. Catch you next week. <laughs>